0: SECTION THIRTY-SIX OF THE JOURNALS OF ROBERT FALCON SCOTT VOLUME ONE BY ROBERT FALCON SCOTT THIS IS A LIBRIVOX RECORDING SECTION THIRTY-SIX CHAPTER SEVENTEEN ON THE Beardmore GLACIER PART ONE SUNDAY, DECEMBER 10TH, CAMP 32 I was very anxious about getting our loads forward over such an appalling surface and that we have done so is mainly due to the ski. I aroused everyone at eight, but it was noon before all the readjustments of load had been made, and we were ready to start. The dogs carried six hundred pounds of weight besides the depot, two hundred pounds. It was greatly to my surprise when we, my own party, with a one-two-three together, started our sledge, and we found it running fairly easily behind us. We did the first mile at a rate of about two miles an hour, having previously, very carefully, scraped and dried our runners. The day was gloriously fine, and we were soon perspiring. After the first mile we began to rise, and for some way on a steep slope we held to our ski and kept going. Then the slope got steeper, and the surface much worse, and we had to take off our ski. The pulling after this was extraordinarily fatiguing. We sank above our finesco everywhere, and in places nearly to our knees. The runners of the sledges got coated with a thin film of ice, from which we could not free them, and the sledges themselves sank to the crossbars in soft spots. All the time they were literally ploughing the snow. We reached the top of the slope at five, and started on after tea on the downgrade. On this we had to pull almost as hard as on the upward slope, but could just manage to get along on ski. We camped at 9.15, when a heavy wind coming down the glacier suddenly fell on us, but I had decided to camp before, as Evans's party could not keep up, and Wilson told me some very alarming news concerning it. It appears that Atkinson says that Wright is getting played out, and Lashley is not so fit as he was, owing to the heavy pulling since the blizzard. I have not felt satisfied about this party. THE FINISH OF THE MARCH TODAY SHOWED CLEARLY THAT SOMETHING WAS WRONG. THEY FELL A LONG WAY BEHIND, HAD TO TAKE OFF SKI, AND TOOK NEARLY HALF AN HOUR TO COME UP A FEW HUNDRED YARDS. TRUE, THE SURFACE WAS awful AND GROWING WORSE EVERY MOMENT. IT IS A VERY SERIOUS BUSINESS IF THE MEN ARE GOING TO CRACK UP. AS FOR MYSELF, I NEVER FELT FITTER, AND MY PARTY CAN EASILY HOLD ITS OWN. PETTY OFFICER EVANS, OF COURSE, IS A TOWER OF STRENGTH. "'but Oates and Wilson are doing splendidly also. "'Here, where we are camped, the snow is worse than I have ever seen it, "'but we are in a hollow. "'Every step here one sinks to the knees, "'and the uneven surface is obviously insufficient to support the sledges. "'Perhaps this wind is a blessing in disguise. "'Already it seems to be hardening the snow. "'All this soft snow is an aftermath of our prolonged storm.' "'Hereabouts Shackleton found hard blue ice. "'Seems an extraordinary difference in fortune, "'and at every step Shackleton's luck becomes more evident. "'I take the dogs on for half a day tomorrow, "'then send them home. "'We have two hundred pounds to add to each sledge load, "'and could easily do it on a reasonable surface, "'but it looks very much as though we shall be forced to relay "'if present conditions hold. "'There is a strong wind down the glacier tonight.' Beardmore Glacier. Just a tiny note to be taken back by the dogs. Things are not so rosy as they might be, but we keep our spirits up, and say the luck must turn. This is only to tell you that I find I can keep up with the rest, as well as Vold. Monday, December 11th, Camp 33. A very good day from one point of view, very bad from another, We started straight out over the glacier, and passed through a good deal of disturbance. We pulled on Ski, and the dogs followed. I cautioned the drivers to keep close to their sledges, and we must have passed over a good many crevasses, undiscovered by us, thanks to Ski, and by the dogs, owing to the soft snow. In one only, Seaman Evans dropped a leg, Ski, and all. We built our depot before starting, made it very conspicuous, and left a good deal of gear there. The old man-hauling party made heavy weather at first, but when relieved of a little weight, and having cleaned their runners and readjusted their load, they came on in fine style, and, passing us, took the lead. Starting about eleven, by three o'clock we were clear of the pressure, and I camped the dogs, discharging our loads, and we put them on our sledges. It was a very anxious business when we started after lunch, about four-thirty. Could we pull our full loads or not? My own party got away first, and, to my joy, I found we could make fairly good headway. Every now and again the sledge sank in a soft patch, which brought us up, but we learnt to treat such occasions with patience. We got sideways to the sledge and hauled it out—Evans, Petty Officer, getting out of his ski to get better purchase. The great thing is to keep the sledge moving, and for an hour or more there were dozens of critical moments when it all but stopped, and not a few in it brought up altogether. The latter was very trying and tiring, but suddenly the surface grew more uniform, and we more accustomed to the game. For after a long stop to let the other parties come up, I started at six and ran on till seven, pulling easily, without a halt, at the rate of about two miles an hour. I was very jubilant. All difficulties seemed to be vanishing, but unfortunately our history was not repeated with the other parties. Bowers came up about half an hour after us. "'They also had done well at the last, and I'm pretty sure they will get on all right. Kean is the only weak spot, and he only, I think, because blind, temporarily. "'But Evans's party didn't get up till ten. "'They started quite well, but got into difficulties, "'did just the wrong thing by straining again and again, "'and so tiring themselves went from bad to worse. "'Their ski-shoes, too, are out of trim.' Just as I thought we were in for making a great score, this difficulty overtakes us. It is dreadfully trying. The snow around us tonight is terribly soft. One sinks to the knee at every step. It would be impossible to drag the sledges on foot, and very difficult for dogs. Ski are the thing, and here are my tiresome fellow-countrymen, too prejudiced to have prepared themselves for the event. The dogs should get back quite easily. There is food all along the line.' The glacier wind sprang up about seven. The morning was very fine and warm. Tonight there is some stratus cloud forming, a hint of no more bad weather in sight. A plentiful crop of snow-blindness due to incaution, the sufferers Evans, Bowers, Kean, Lashley Oates in various degrees. This forenoon Wilson went over to a boulder, poised on the glacier. It proved to be a very coarse granite, with large crystals of quartz in it evidently the rock of which the pillars of the gateway and other neighbouring hills are formed. Tuesday, December the 12th, Camp 34 We have had a hard day, and during the forenoon it was my team which made the heaviest weather of the work. We got bogged again and again, and, do what we would, the sledge dragged like lead. The others were working hard, but nothing to be compared to us. At 2.30 I halted for lunch, pretty well cooked, and there was disclosed the secret of our trouble, in a thin film with some hard knots of ice on the runners. Evans's team had been sent off in advance, and we didn't, couldn't, catch them, but they saw us camp, and break camp, and followed suit. I really dreaded starting after lunch, but after some trouble to break the sledge out, we went ahead without a hitch, and in a mile or two recovered our leading place with obvious ability to keep it. At six I saw the other teams were flagging, so camped at seven, meaning to turn out earlier to-morrow and start a better routine. We have done about eight or perhaps nine miles, the sledge-meters are hopeless on such a surface. It is evident that what I expected has occurred. The whole of the lower valley is filled with snow from the recent storm and if we had not had ski, we should be hopelessly bogged. On foot, one sinks to the knees, and if pulling on sledge, to halfway between the knee and thigh. It would therefore be absolutely impossible to advance on foot with our loads. Considering all things, we are getting better on ski. A crust is forming over the soft snow. In a week or so, I have little doubt it will be strong enough to support sledges and men. At present, it carries neither properly. The sledges get bogged every now and again, sinking to the crossbars. Needless to say, the hauling is terrible when this occurs. We steered for the Commonwealth Range during the forenoon, till we reached about the middle of the glacier. This showed that the unnamed glacier to the south-west raised great pressure. Observing this, I altered course for the Cloudmaker, and later still, farther to the west. We must be getting a much better view of the southern side of the main glacier than Shackleton got, and consequently have observed a number of peaks, which he did not notice. We are about five or five and a half days behind him, as a result of the storm, but on this surface our sledges could not be more heavily laden than they are. In fact, we have not nearly enough runner's surface as it is. Moreover, the sledges are packed too high, and therefore capsized too easily." "'I do not think the glacier can be so broad as Shackleton shows it. "'Certainly the scenery is not nearly so impressive as that of the Ferrar. "'But there are interesting features showing up. "'A distinct banded structure on Mount Elizabeth, "'which we think may well be a recurrence of the Beacon Sandstone. "'More banding of the Commonwealth range. "'During the three days we have been here, "'the wind has blown down the glacier at night, "'or rather from the south-west, "'and it has been calm in the morning.' a sort of nightly land-breeze. There is also a remarkable difference in temperature between day and night. It was plus 33 degrees when we started, and without hard work we were literally soaked through with perspiration. It is now plus 23 degrees. Evans's party kept up much better today. We had their shoes into our tent this morning, and Petty Officer Evans put them into shape again. Wednesday, December 13th, Camp 35. A most damnable dismal day we started at eight the pulling terribly bad though the glide decidedly good a new crust in patches not sufficient to support the ski but without possibility of hold therefore as the pullers got on the hard patches they slipped back the sledges plunged into the soft places and stopped dead evans's party got away first we followed and for some time helped them forward at their stops but this proved altogether too much for us, so I forged ahead and camped at 1pm, as the others were far astern. During lunch I decided to try the ten-feet runners under the crossbars, and we spent three hours in securing them. There was no delay, on account of the slow progress, of the other parties. Evans passed us, and for some time went forward fairly well up a decided slope. The sun was shining on the surface by this time, and the temperature high. Bowers started after Evans, and it was easy to see the really terrible state of affairs with them. They made desperate efforts to get along, but ever got more and more bogged. Evidently the glide had vanished. When we got away, we soon discovered how awful the surface had become. Added to the forenoon difficulties, the snow had become wet and sticky. We got our load along, soon passing Bowers, but the tile was simply awful— We were soaked with perspiration, and thoroughly breathless with our efforts. Again and again the sledge got one runner on harder snow than the other, canted to its side, and refused to move. At the top of the rise I found Evans reduced to relay work, and Bowers followed his example soon after. We got our whole load through till 7pm, camping time, but only with repeated halts and labour, which was altogether too strenuous. The other parties certainly cannot get a full load along the surface, and I much doubt if we could continue to do so, but we must try again to-morrow. I suppose we have advanced a bare four miles to-day, and the aspect of things is very little changed. Our height is now about fifteen hundred feet. I had pinned my faith on getting better conditions as we rose, but it looks as though matters are getting worse instead of better. As far as the cloud-maker, The valley looks like a huge basin for the lodgment of such snow as this. We can but toil on, but it is woefully disheartening. I am not at all hungry, but pretty thirsty. Temperature plus fifteen degrees. I find our summit ration is even too filling for the present. Two skewers came round the camp at lunch, no doubt attracted by our shambles camp. Thursday, December 14th, Camp thirty-six indigestion and the soggy condition of my clothes kept me awake for some time last night and the exceptional exercise gives bad attacks of cramp our lips are getting raw and blistered the eyes of the party are improving I'm glad to say we're just starting our march with no very hopeful outlook temperature plus thirteen degrees evening height about two thousand feet Evans's party started first this morning for an hour they found the hauling stiff But after that, to my great surprise, they went on easily. Bowers followed without getting over the ground so easily. After the first two hundred yards, my own party came on with a swing that told me at once that all would be well. We soon caught the others, and offered to take on more weight. But Evans's pride wouldn't allow such help. Later in the morning we exchanged sledges with Bowers, pulled theirs easily, whilst they made quite heavy work with ours. I'm afraid Cherry Garrard and Kian are the weakness of that team, though both put their utmost into the traces. However, we all lunched together after a satisfactory morning's work. In the afternoon we did still better, and camped at 6.30, with a very marked change in the land bearings. We must have come 11 or 12 miles, statute. We got fearfully hot on the march, sweated through everything, and stripped off jerseys. The result is we are pretty cold and clammy now, "'but the escape from the soft snow and a good march "'compensate every discomfort. "'At lunch the blue ice was about two feet beneath us. "'Now it is barely a foot, "'so that I suppose we shall soon find it uncovered. "'Tonight the sky is overcast, "'and wind has been blowing up the glacier. "'I think there will be another spell of gloomy weather on the barrier, "'and the question is whether this part of the glacier escapes. "'There are crevasses about.' one about eighteen inches across, outside Bowes's tent, and a narrower one outside our own. I think the soft snow trouble is at an end, and I could wish nothing better than a continuance of the present surface. Towards the end of the march we were pulling our loads with the greatest ease. It is splendid to be getting along, and to find some adequate return for the work we are putting into the business. Friday, December the 15th. Camp 37, height about 2,500 feet, latitude about 84 degrees, 8 minutes. Got away at 8, marched till 1, the surface improving and snow covering thinner over the blue ice, but the sky overcast and glooming, the clouds ever coming lower, and Evans's is now decidedly the slowest unit, though Bowers is not much faster. We keep up and overhaul either without difficulty. It was an enormous relief yesterday to get steady going without involuntary stops. But yesterday, and this morning, once the sledge was stopped, it was very difficult to start again. The runners got temporarily stuck. This afternoon, for the first time, we could start by giving one good heave together. And so, for the first time, we were able to stop to readjust footgear or do any other desirable task. This is a second relief, for which we are most grateful." At the lunch camp the snow covering was less than a foot, and at this it is a bare nine inches. Patches of ice and hard neve are showing through in places. I meant to camp at six-thirty, but before five o'clock the sky came down on us with falling snow. We could see nothing, and the pulling grew very heavy. At five-forty-five there seemed nothing to do but camp. Another interrupted march. Our luck is really very bad. We should have done a good march today. "'As it is, we have covered about eleven miles,' statued. "'Since supper, there are signs of clearing again. "'But I don't like the look of things. "'This weather has been working up from the southeast "'with all the symptoms of our perny wrecking storm. "'Pray heaven we are not going to have this wretched snow "'in the worst part of the glacier to come. "'The lower part of this glacier is not very interesting, "'except from an ice point of view. "'Except Mount Cuffin, little bare rock is visible.' and its structure at this distance is impossible to determine. There are no moraines on the surface of the glacier, either. The tributary glaciers are very fine, and have cut very deep courses, though they do not enter at grade. The walls of this valley are extraordinarily steep. We count them at least sixty degrees in places. The icefalls descending over the northern sides are almost continuous, one with another, but the southern steep faces are nearly bare. Evidently the sun gets a good hold on them. There must be a good deal of melting and rock weathering. The talus heaps are considerable under the southern rock faces. Higher up the valley there is much more bare rock and stratification, which promises to be very interesting. But oh, for fine weather! Surely we have had enough of this oppressive gloom. End of chapter 17, part 1